Welcome to the Dialogue Confidential Season 2, Volume 2. I'm with your neighborhood DJ. We got Chicle. And Cali Burrito, a.k.a. Beto I don't know. I Where think he's cheating. He? On. Este vato, he I got hired know. by the Padres to DJ their their baseball games. Yeah. He disappeared on us, man. All of us. I don't know if he's in Colorado or got deported or he's in <laughs> Japan. I, I don't know. He just won't answer. Well, that, but, and then he's a BMX ambassador. Well, see, si, I'm in Las Vegas. Si. And, you know, before I go any further, I do want to. Drop my PG-13 oh, disclaimer, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Sometimes we drop F-bombs here, and <laughs> it's okay, you know what I mean? We're all adults, but uh, I just want to use that disclaimer. Hey, you Yo, sound no. really good today. What? Yeah. What's going on? So, that, I was just going to say that. Yeah. I got my sexy <laughs> voice back. No, put up yeah. You've been <laughs> working out your voice? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, now that I went back to work officially on site. That's right. You know what I mean? So, I got to go yell at them kids and be, you know, mm. tell them behave and whatnot. Actually, no, I spent a whole week in my office isolated. No. The kid just went back this Monday and, you know what I mean? It's like, we're still meeting with them, but via Zoom, which is, or, or Google Meets, which is a trip. Yeah. Pero este, no, the reason my voice sounds a lot sexier, hey. kind of like barely white, is <laughs> 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 because we took the show on the road. We did. And we're at the oficina, at the office of Exteca Beer. And with that say, I, I want to... Presumir this right here. You guys hear that? Ooh, Some fresh cold brew right here. Crispy. Let me see. A little more bounce hoppy lager. Courtesy of Exteca beer. We're, we're, we took over their office. I don't know where Javier and Mario are at. Fred is in the parking lot trying to get in. But um, anyways, we're, we took over their spot. And, and we're here recording today. The Dialogos Confidentials uh, Volume 2 of Season 2. And today's conversation, we want to highlight, highlight moms. You know, yes. Mother's Day just happened, and we want to highlight their love, their uh, inspiration towards their children, and all the hard work that they've done, right, in our communities, around the world, in our households. And, you know what I mean? It's, uh, I think I mentioned this before a few episodes back where I had that conversation with that student that was trying to challenge me on why women should stay home. And when I enlightened him on, on the historical facts, or like way back in, in the Mayan days and the Aztec days and the Native American days. And you know what I mean? How the men would go out and bring the food home, right? But they'd be gone for days. And who was running the towns? Yeah. Who was running the pueblos, right? And and still to this day, I mean, who runs the house? Exactly. Right? Las jefitas, you know what I mean? It's like their their love is unconditional. And, you know, we, we have our ups and downs. And we probably disagree with them. And they disagree with our, our life choices. But that doesn't mean they forget about us. <laughs> right? They just don't feed Never. us. Right? Yeah. Right. Well, with that said, I'm going to unlock this door and let Fred Sotelo in from Exteca Beer and his brother, Michael uh, Venegas, a.k.a. Boo Boo, from City Car Club. Uh, I've known Fred for many years. Fred, I mean, how far back do we go? Man, many years. Many years, right? Many years. Many years. I, I, I met him at Memorial where I think I've met like 95% of the people in my life. And he jumped on board. Um, uh, with the DJ club yeah, and the DJ training. Home. Yeah. He you, you were a student there or as a colleague? No, I was, uh, he was a, we did a DJ training. We were teaching yeah. kids at different schools. Oh, nah, nice. dude. Yeah. He got to be DJs. Yeah. yeah. Teacher. 
Yeah, he him really. and Mike Ski. Yeah, Mike Ski. Well, he he helped to organize it, and I mean, he yeah. was a big influence. There's some kids out there that are are doing their thing as as professional DJs, and it was a leadership. It was a leadership class, but um, we found That's the awesome. DJ and got people to pay attention. Yeah, yeah. Once they start, you know, playing right. music and bumping, the next right. thing you know, you you had the trust, and and then then you start talking about the real issues. Right. Yeah. So we, right. we felt that it was a great inroad, and, and, you know, that's what worked for me when I was young, right? Music. Music. Creating access. Right. Yeah. And, 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 you know, the, the trippy part is, like, like I've been into low riding since I can remember, right? And uh, obviously I had heard of City Car Club, you know, for years, and I probably had seen Michael. It just I had never met him, but I had never known they were brothers, right, till, I mean, how long ago was it that you introduced yeah. us, Fred? Yeah, a couple it's years been ago. A while. Yeah, a lot of brothers, you know, because we we we're we're ten years apart. So, right. And and my big brother, and you know, my brother's my hero, and mm-hmm. I've always looked up to him. But you know, since we have a distance in our age, a lot right. of people don't put it together. Yeah. That we're brothers. Yeah, but it's 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 a beautiful thing, man. And thank you for allowing us to invade your 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 workspace. Anytime. You know, tell Javier and and uh, Mario we said dispensa that we invaded the spot and. Uh, we, we know we want to bring them on board, but we we, we wanted to take the show on the road and hey, why they're, not, they're why always not ready. They're ready, but Casa de Azteca, right? That's right. I mean, you you guys are doing great work um, with with the beer, and then you guys are also doing coffee now, right? Yeah, we just launched a coffee line, um, so that that's exciting for us. You know, uh, we found during COVID we had to make a pivot, and right know, times are tough. Got to adjust like a giraffe, right? Yeah, and it was it was really tough, and we were just thinking about it and my wife inspired it she's like what about coffee you know well everyone in our crew drinks coffee mm-hmm. right yeah. you know Javier's a big coffee drinker, I know right yeah and, and so we met a young Chicano roaster man and he's starting his business we were his first client and that's you know, awesome it's, it's nice. like anything you collaborate you know I I, I remember having cafe de olla as mm-hmm. a child mm-hmm. and I said I want a little bit of cinnamon in it you know let's do it right. our our flavor and now we right. have it. We have it. And, it happened. And, and, and awesome. there's a lot of people in the lowrider community that that drink coffee because we're out there early in the mornings for right. the car show or the picnics, exactly. right, Michael? I mean, I mean, you go back what to to the '70s in the lowrider days, or how far back do you go back? '75, '75, '76. Yeah. When'd you get that Impala? That '58, '75. I was 14 years old. I had a '58 Impala. Damn. What 14-year-old nowadays wants to say I want a '58 Impala? Shh. Well, they, they want first of all, if they know about a 58 Impala at uh, 14, right? And they're not, it already runs in the family, right? I know, right? But that's uh, impressive. <laughs> I, I find myself hearing a lot of 14 year olds wanting the next, uh, the next Jordans coming out or something like that. You know, what I mean, at 14, I was driving cars, <laughs> and I'll leave it like yeah. that. I don't want to incriminate myself, but <laughs> borrowed, <laughs> borrowed cars. But you know, I mean, that that's impressive, and and. You know, I ask you that because it was, I don't think you even think it was the heydays of, of low riding yet. Like it was building up, right? Because I, yeah. I think it was more late 70s when, when it when it really started hitting hard. And um, my first recollection of a low rider was like in 79. And by then it was like really kicking off. You know, it's uh. so you were a member, you were one of the original members of City Car Club? Not, well, not one of the original members, but I was there when. Generation one, yeah. something like that. Yeah, when first one was getting, when we really started getting going. Right. Yeah. I was the youngest member. Cool. And, and not everybody can have that claim of fame, right? One of the youngest members being there. And how was that, you know, hanging out with a bunch of older cats? With, with I'm always hanging around with the older people. Yeah. Older guys. Yeah. 
before that, you know, because I I looked older. Right. Okay. And acted older, so I fit. I I fit right in with everybody. Nice, nice. Uh, uh, how how did you uh, how did you find? I mean, you got you came up with that fifty eight, but how did you figure I want a low ride? I just like I like the way it looked. You remember? Before, well, my uncle used to be really into cars. He used mm-hmm. to like old old cars, so that's why I, I got the fifty eight from him. He gave it to a really he sold it to a cousin of mine, and then he, I think or my cousin had the car and my uncle got it, and somehow I ended up getting it. So right, I get the car off of him, and, and it wasn't meant for low riding. It was just to have it, just to have it, just to have a car. I couldn't, even, I didn't have no license in it, so mm. <laughs> you know the homeboys used to have to drive for me. Oh, that's know, cool. Drivers to school, I used to, you know, and then uh, I got I got rid of the '58, and I had a '72. I was about 15 or 16. I had a 72. I had a 72 Impala. Nice. And I ended up lifting it and got uh, spokes. I never got no other rims on it but two spokes. And at that time, two spokes were barely coming out. Uh-huh. So really no one even had them. I was, you know, I'm 15, 16 years old. Yeah. And I got two spokes. I'm in high school still. Tenth grade, no, tenth grade, yeah, tenth yeah, grade, tenth grade, and and uh, guys that are older already low riding, they didn't even have two spokes on their cars. They yeah. just they, came, they just came out. You had to go to LA to go buy your buy your rims and t- uh, stuff back then. Like man, you couldn't get them down here. Those stories, right? I, I yeah. I've heard them, and the, you know, our future generations are going to be like, yeah, right. You're hearing it here first from one, one of one of those. Gentlemen that been yeah. you know riding for for decades. Back then, I bought my I bought my setups, front and back setups. Uh, you know, I paid four hundred dollars for the front and back setup. Damn everything, and it's off. Of, I bought them off a of, uh, car that was a show car from New Wave, mm-hmm. New Wave member, and uh, it was my cousin's uncle, and. I, he so he was wanting to get rid of his setup. So I'm young. I was about mm, almost 16, 15. I don't know even where I got the money, but I came up with came <laughs> yeah. up with the money and I got the, I got the set setups from him. Nice. And uh, and somehow I came up with the money for the for the rims. So for I guess for under a thousand dollars back then, you could get rims, tires, uh-huh. and get get your setups. But shit, now for a thousand bucks. You get to look at a car, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, but that thousand was like ten thousand a day. Know, right? Yeah. yeah. Especially for a kid my age, you know, where you can get money like that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I think I collected on insurance I had. All right. I got some money off of an insurance policy I had. <laughs> All right. Nice. Nice. So so Fred, how was how old were you when or, was your recollection so, of him low riding? I, I would have been about seven. About seven? Yeah, so I, I used to, just imagine a seven-year-old. So I had the wonderful job of charging batteries in our, in our <laughs> <Nice>. kitchen. <laughs> so back then, you know, you'd have one to pull. One by one? Well, yeah, you'd pull the, he'd have to pull the batteries out. We lived in an apartment. Okay. And then charge them in the kitchen. And uh, then that's when the acid would get over. All and over. Was, the- and I'm like, my mom's going to kill him if he's feeling <laughs> it. And... And then, 
my my return was yeah. you know back then my mom would take the car to go grocery shopping uh-huh. so it wasn't just like oh that's his low ride no it's a family car family my car. mom took it or so i used to get excited because yeah i'd start hitting the switches nice Go figure, seven years old, and I'm hitting switch uh-huh. in 1977. With mom driving? <laughs> With mom driving. <laughs> I mean, one time we took that Impala all the way to Lake Tahoe. Oh, Damn. wow. that's a, Yeah, my mom driving it, right? On 520s and spokes? Yeah, and we came back, and, and all nice. of us boys were in the back, and my cousins, and, you know, we thought we were in a chariot. You know, everyone yeah. would have a Suburban or some kind of car. We were in a lowrider in Lake Tahoe in 1977, uh-huh. 78. Awesome. Nice. And your mom was into it, too? Like, did she know nah, that was the transportation? She yeah. took it because it was reliable. And, and, and I think that was pretty common, right? Um, yeah. That the family car would kind of become the. Well, she the had her own car, but I don't yeah. know why she yeah. took it. It was it, reliable. It, it, was, it was new it was still. More, it was bigger and had more room for everybody. I guess that's why. Yeah, I see. It broke down on the way back. I'm sure the yeah. style didn't hurt, though. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, my uncle, the same. I remember we caravaned up, and my uncle had a 70, uh, was it 74 Lincoln? That black one Uncle Joe had? Oh, yeah. That Lincoln was best. So just imagine, we were rolling the Tahoe, Chicano's cruising uh-huh. all the way up. Right, right. And we're in a Lincoln and, and we're in an Impala. Worked <laughs> oh, up. Man. Cool. What did that look like in 1977? Mm-hmm. Right. A little so, family yeah. adventure, right? Hey, Fred, you, you mentioned uh, you lived in apartments. Where did you guys grow up? All like, over. All over? <laughs> all over? All over, yeah. yeah. We, we, we moved around. I mean... Uh-huh. Um, my brother were 10 years apart, so you started off in Imperial, the, the yeah. first house you lived mm-hmm. on, right? I went elementary and out from all the way to like the sixth grade. So I, I was out, out in the Lemon Grove area, played okay. sports out there, Little League, football. And uh, I played some ball with some of the probably the best ball players in San Diego at that time. Mm-hmm. Ended up later on becoming, you know, pros or they could have went to pros. Uh, yeah, I played with the Samoan kid, uh, uh, Casey Giamalo. He ended up becoming, uh, uh, went to BYU, was all whack running back. And nice. then there was another one, uh, uh, Philip Wales. Uh-huh. And uh, he didn't go to college. He ended up getting some girl pregnant, I think, in high school, and, and that was messed his career up. So he, he ended up going to the Marines, but that guy went and went pro. Uh-huh. This was uh, in the Marcus Allen days. Yeah, yeah. He could have yeah, yeah. probably been pro. Wow. They were, they were just as good as Marcus Allen, you know, like mm-hmm. him, that caliber of ball players. They were Henry. Henry, young, Henry Martinez. Henry Martinez. Yeah. Uh, that Sweetwater, he was breaking yeah. records. He was all... all okay. did, did you guys Casey, go to Sweetwater High? He did. I went to Sweetwater. Casey and Phillip, uh, when I played ball with them, we played like Pop Warner football at Los Toros. Uh-huh. So the last time I played ball with them, we, we won county. We were county champions. Nice. They were the running backs. And uh, I think probably those, them two running backs would probably consider the best running backs in the county mm-hmm. at the time. Uh, Casey's the kind of runner that he run up, run up the middle. He was short stocky and couldn't hit, couldn't tackle him. Yeah. And Phillip was kind of, was bigger, faster. Just pounding through. He could hit you too, just as hard. And he could, he could run. He hit the outside corner. Corner. He's gone. It's like Henry Martinez. Yeah. Henry was uh, all CIF mm-hmm. and uh, at Sweetwater. I think he led the county in rushing his last year. Uh huh. And he missed like two or three games. Two games because of his leg was uh, 
messed up his leg, and he lost the title for like maybe fifty right. yards. Yeah. Imagine if he would play them two games. Him nice. and Henry uh, joined City together. Yeah. Oh, all right. They 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 went in. I remember they uh-huh. got their plaques at the same time. Nice. So yeah, that was cool. Yeah. So he went to Suwater. You went to. Patrick no, Henry? So I went to Pat, Pat. Patrick Henry, yeah, because right. by then we lived in that district. Uh-huh. And um, I ended up, they had the busing program had just started at right. that time. Remember, they were taking, you the know. The beep and the magnet. Yeah, you'd yeah. either go to Point Loma, you would go this yeah. and that. Yeah. So, I, but but I didn't, I wasn't on that bus. And what happened, we were living in East San Diego at the time. Uh-huh. And I would take the city bus to mm-hmm. Lewis, right? And Henry, and I played for South Bay Pop Warner. Oh, okay. All the way through. And so what happened is I couldn't make it back on the regular bus to get home, get my gear, and make it to uh-huh. to practice. So right. I ended up playing over there and going to school over there. And mm. so junior high and high school, even though we leave the New San Diego, I, I was, um, like I said, taking the city bus. Right. Okay. You know? But before that, you know, we'd always live in Southeast or East mm-hmm. San Diego, moved around. Yeah. You know, I went to Boone. I went to Paradise Hills. I went, I went, to, I went to a lot of elementary. Yeah. Yeah, and sometimes that's what we got to do, right? Yeah, you know, I, 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 well, I was trying to be like the older guys. You know, yeah. my brother was ten years older, and, and, yeah. and, and just like he hung around with the older guys, I was always with them. Go figure. Mm-hmm. I'd be in Highland at seven, eight years old, two, uh-huh. three in the morning. Yeah. Know, when they did their first car show in '81, I'm giving out flyers. That's where uh-huh. my promoter. You're promoting, right? You my promoter in. started out. You know, I was giving out flyers. The little kid at all the liquor stores and. And so, you know, at that time, you know, I, I my interest, I, I liked bikes because they mm-hmm. were in that. So I, I had a, a 68 Schwinn. And then when BMXs came around, I'd lost my mind in the late 70s. You know, my first bike was a T. Murray. Then I got right. my GTs. You know, Shit. Those that know me, I, hey, I collect GTs. Hey, so right now during COVID that this bike frenzy came on board, how, how'd that make you feel? I've been building bikes. You know, I know you've had them for a while. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, the prices, it's not good if you're looking for parts. I mean, mm-hmm. you could probably fix a 58 quicker than you could do a old Hutcher GT right, right now. <laughs> you can't find the parts. It's ridiculous. Yeah. You know, a lot of the good parts were out of Japan. And, yeah. and, and, and I think I've always been, I've loved BMX as well as old custom cars because, you know, I was a kid between my brother and my uncles. I mm-hmm. was always, like, I flaked up my first um, bike, I had a Stingray because they had leftover paint. Ralphie had it. Remember Ralphie? Mm-hmm. He had a leftover paint that he flaked the uh-huh. car and, you know, stripped my bike down, put the frame up. and Presta. Yeah, and, you know, that's it. how it was back then, right? Yeah. Someone had extra paint. We're not going to let it go to waste. And, yeah. and so as 7, 8, 9, 10, I was already fixing up stuff just yeah. because it was there. Yeah. Hey, and, and you mentioned that in 81 you're handing out flyers and, you know, maybe that, that – gave you the bug of the promotion stuff, but you've done a lot of work that people don't know about because you'd rarely talk about it right behind the scenes with, with music and, and different types of ways of promoting different types of things out in the community. Yeah. I, I, Is he he's so humble? He's like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I'm not going to share it now. Either. No, you know, it, it's like, it, it's been, like, I'll be talking to people and they'll throw out your name. And I'm like, yeah, I know, you know, we're, we're pretty tight. I didn't know he worked with you or he did this or that. You know what I mean? And, can you share with us some of that stuff without just a simple yeah? You know, <laughs> I think the best way I would approach it to, to share with you is, mm-hmm. is since this is about mothers. Right. And I'll probably get emotional. My big brother's yeah. here. And, you know, my mom was ahead of her time. Right. And I say that because, and, and that'll reflect in her. I was, just imagine, she graduated from San Diego High in 1958. 
right? Mm-hmm. What was the expectation of a young Chicana Mexican American, which they used at that time? Right. Wasn't a lot of expectations, right? right. Homemaker. Homemaker. Yeah, and, and at the time she tells me she was the first only Mexican girl in, in algebra in ninth grade. Wow. And she wanted to go to Berkeley, right? Wow. But there wasn't even civil rights when she graduated, mm-hmm. right? And so her first interview with the Fisherman's Union, because her mom and all my aunts, her aunts worked at the canneries. Yeah. The man told him, well, I don't hire you Mexicans because you're dumb as dogs. Hmm. And and he told her that. Yeah. And it, and the worst part is you couldn't do nothing about it. There was no civil rights. Right. Yet. Yeah. There's anything yeah. she could do. Yeah. And, and she, and, and I kind of learned from my mom and I said, mom, how did, you know, not just how did it make you feel? She was, so what I did is I proved him wrong. I became his best worker, mm-hmm. you know, and, yeah. and he never treated me bad again. And, and so when you talk about my mom, I think my brother and I, we, we were lucky to have a strong woman as a mother. Um, because she never complained. She was positive mm-hmm. and she would just encourage whatever we wanted to do in right. sports. Not only did she work two jobs, you know, she was a professional. How many women are a professional at a bank and then would go help out in a women's bathroom or clean at the stadium at night to make extra money mm-hmm. and then be the team mother for both of us. Wow. And, and you know, everyone would live with us. We used to joke right. our house, any cousin or something wrong, they came and lived with us. So, Going back to myself, you know, mm-hmm. I, I always listen to her stories. And, and, and then let's go back to another generation of strong women, my grandmother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my brother will chime in as we go. Yeah. You know, these were badass women. You know, they all worked at the canneries, right? Right. And, the, you know, the women carried the families. You know, mm-hmm. our grandfather was a World War II hero, literally. Mm-hmm. Our other uncle, Joe, was at Normandy. I mean, they say the greatest wow. generation. Uh-huh. While all of our family was there. And they were from Logan, Right. right. But when they came home, they were second-class citizens. Yeah. After World War II, they did all these things, and they couldn't find consistent work back right. then, right? The men, whether uh-huh. they go in and out of construction, whatever. And the women cleaning fish at the canneries, which was had, hard work, they were, the, they were the stability, Yeah. right? And the men, you know, we don't reflect on kind of some of the, you know, in our family, our family's been going to prison since the 50s. Yeah. You know, we've had relatives, and, and my brother, and... And so, but you can't just say, why do we go here? You got to look at the outcome. Right. right. You know, and so I think why a lot of the things, you know, I've always done is, you know, I, I've been blessed to reflect on my family, starting with my great grandmother. Mm-hmm. She came here from Mexico with five girls. What, what year was that when 1919. she came? 1919. Wow. So just imagine wow. she came here to San Diego. She's from to Logan. Yeah. She came in 1919 with five girls by herself. She left her boy behind. Wow. And then she ended up getting married, have three more boys. Mm-hmm. So this woman came to Logan Heights, 1919, didn't get no job. She was a seamstress. She lived two blocks from you, uh-huh. right there in National. Yeah. She ended up buying a bunch of houses, right? This nice. lady spoke no English. And, you know, she those houses, how cool is it? My mom was born mm-hmm. right here in, in on Newton, across from the Bodio Station, that one two-story mm-hmm. house. Okay, yeah. That's yeah. where our mom was born. Wow. And... Every one of her daughters, she she bought the houses because she said, my daughters would never not have a roof over their head. Wow. How was that? And yeah, so she was ahead of her time. But too. she wouldn't sign them to their name because she didn't want the men to have a, to take, it to over. take the houses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you She's talk about lady. feminists Smart. and a woman that was a badass yeah. woman, our Hell great yeah. grandmother started this lineage, what right? What was her right. name? Felicidades. And, and, but they didn't call her. No one knew her as this. We only knew her as Grandma India. 
But she was real dark, and you know, as Chicanos, everyone gets a name. You're sure? Yeah. She looked like a little Indian. Yeah. Felicidad. And she was just, you know, man. She was gangster, they said. Yeah. She was tough. Uh So she used to tax all her five daughters when they start working at 15, Mm -hmm. 16. They would come home, and she would just take the whole check and then give them an allowance. Right. And in return, that's how she was starting to buy properties. Okay. Because she... Just gangster, you give me she your money. Managing, yeah, yeah. But she cooked, they came home, they ate. And in time, you know, she it was all about family, but she made it happen. And and, right. and these are women of faith, you know, um, you know, strong, strong women of faith. I mean, my grandma they say my great grandma when my uncle's in Vietnam, he she'd have her candles lit until he came home, each wow. one. Wow. You know, and, and my grandfather's in, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think my brother and I, um, and I speak about a lot of our you know, my, my attitude to services, I think about my family and their history here. Mm-hmm. And I also look at the fact that why is it, I was one of the first ones to go to college in 1988, mm-hmm. but my family's been here since 1919. Wow. You know, so you have to be critical, right? Right. What, what happened? What happened? What? Yeah. And the fact that incarceration has been part of our family, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that other things, mm-hmm. but these are good, hardworking people right. that have paid their dues. Yeah. Over and over. So I think to answer your question, you always have this burning desire in your stomach that we have to do something to make an impact because we owe it. It's social justice is is has to be in your core because we're not immune from injustice. Right. And so I think my most of my life and, you know, has always been committed towards, you know, how can we make things better? Being Mm -hmm. an optimist and also really focusing us on the most vulnerable. Right. Because, you know, the most vulnerable, those that know me, I, I've mm-hmm. always worked with, you know, young youth and right. incarcerated and, and, and cause, cause I was that kid, you know, if, if my mom wouldn't have made some decisions, you know, I, and, and I don't want to put you out there, brother, but for, first, when's your first year you got knocked? How old were you? First 18. 18. So what, what year was that? 1979? Yeah. about. Well. That time, and mm-hmm. how many just years you've been jail. knocked just, in your life? Just first in county jail, and later on, then look me out. Oh, uh, in the twenties. How many years have you been incarcerated in your life? In the twenties. Twenty years, twenty yeah. something oh, years. Yeah, twenty something years. Off and on, but it adds yeah. up to twenty something years. And so, a lot of this passion is, mm-hmm. how is it my big brother's been incarcerated, that I look up to the same man that mm-hmm. when he ran out of gas would pick me up and carry me a mile because I didn't have shoes on. Right. <laughs> and and when we were cruising late at night, make sure I was fed. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, made sure that I had a blanket on me, even though they were cruising, talking to girls and everything going on. <laughs> I was warm, right? And, and so, but then I look at the system. Right. right? You know, and, and I'm not saying my brother's always been an angel. He's an angel to me, but. Of you know, course. But there's yeah. also been a lot of cases that have come out of, I've seen with my own eyes that were wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and, and literally wrong. He's been, you know, and it's some things, you know, maybe not, but right. And, and then I look at other relatives mm-hmm. that we've had. I mean, how many times you've been busted with relatives? Oh yeah. A lot. And, and, and how yeah. is it you have relatives in the same yard? Right. And, and so I think at a young age, it allowed me to start being critical and, and not necessarily angry, but just saying, why is this happening? Mm-hmm. What, what what is this that these right. things are happening when I know our family is loving? I know they're all hard workers. There's no laziness in my family. Yeah. And, and our women, 
man, they're bad to the bone, right? Yeah. These women don't play. So I think to answer your mm -hmm. question, what's made me engage the society and, and, and passionate is I don't want to see the next generation go through the same right. thing. And, and, and thank goodness I've, I've been able to do things positively in my mm -hmm. life, but you know, there'd been many times that I also think I, I've just been lucky. Yeah. I've been lucky. And, and right. yes, I've worked hard and done, but working hard doesn't always ensure you're going to be successful no. in our country. And, and, and you got to have that support system and, and, you know, your brother's been, you know, he's been gone, you know, here and there for, I guess, 20 plus years on and off. But that support system, I think, has been there for you and for him because we all need that support system, right? And like you say, you can't just work on hard, you can't just live on hard work because you need that extra help, right? Yeah. And I mean, that's amazing having those powerful women in, in that corner, right? In your, in your corner, helping you, you know, to raise you and, you know, to do good. Or just to, to help you to grow up and become a well, person, right? And a I think being. to encourage you. And encourage you, yeah. And I think the biggest thing my brother and I, and I, I don't want to speak on his behalf, mm -hmm. but our mom, she was a hard worker, right? Mm -hmm. She had aspirations, and, and she still worked hard and did what she had to do and provided for us. And, you know, but at the same time, she was always proud of who she was, but right. she never said no to us. Yeah. And I say that in a sense, she never was a naysayer to my brother and I. If we wanted to do it, that sounds good. Yeah, when are you she do supports, it? Yeah. yeah. And so when I started my first DJ crew right. in 1985, we were 15 out. years old. 15 years old. He, he was running a DJ crew. Dude. And, and, and check this out. You know, we were living in East San Diego. And I don't know if you remember Music Power right there on El Cajon back in the day. El Cajon Boulevard? Yeah, kind of El Cajon by 43rd, a little bit down mm -hmm. in that area. So my crew, you know, they would tease us. Ricky, Rick, and I. Ricky was a bad DJ. It was Where just is me Ricky and him. Rick nowadays? He's up in, in L.A. He's okay. DJing. You got to see his, his mixes. And check him out. When we started Sonic Sound, everyone teased us because we could carry our whole system in our arms. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> literally, you know, our party was. And so, you know, literally, it was so bad. I called up my brother. Someone, I'd try to hustle him to do a party. Hey, man, right. let's do your party. We'll do 40 bucks. Oh, well, I don't want my house to get messed up. Man, I get security, and I call Boo up. He got his homeboys. I got homeboys <laughs> at the door. I just give them beer, and they're sitting there <laughs> holding the gate. Nah, you ain't yeah. coming in until you <laughs> pay. Right. That was your first security, huh? Art. Yeah. Art. Art. Art passed away recently. Like, he looked like a big old bear. Oh, yeah. Ain't nobody going through that gate. Right. Oh, no. And Art just, you know, he's headed here holding it. This, like I said, child protective custody today. Would have been different. You know, we're 16, <laughs> right. and... You know, he gets beer. He, he's our security for the night. And, yeah. and then a couple of my Samoan homies, like Lawrence and them uh -huh. from Lincoln. And, you know, we see, they're big dudes. Hey, Lawrence, I'm doing a party. Cool. I got you. And uh -huh. But my mom knew I was doing this, right? And, right. and so she gave us her credit card. Wow. Damn. Check this out. Her credit card <laughs> to rent oh, an wow. amplifier and speakers at Music Power, right? Uh -huh. And so that's when I start really what's leverage, what's credit. You know, mm -hmm. that was my access to capital. My yeah. mom gave me her credit card. So we rented the speakers. Uh -huh. I talked to that girl and anyone I could make money. Yeah. And the next month I was able to buy my own speakers nice. from the money we made, but I couldn't have done it if my mom didn't believe in me and took a risk mm -hmm. right, with her credit, yeah. Yeah. her credit card. <laughs> right. And, and so I, I could have stories and stories where she always, even if she didn't have it, she believed it. Right. You know, I would do a party. I was doing thousand person events when I was 16 years old. I was a Damn. kid. I mean, we're killing it, right? Throwing these big old parties and, you know, hip hop was alive. Yeah. And my mom would be there taking the money and my uncle would be the security. And, you know, so going back to this mm -hmm. support, you know, yeah. she, she did whatever her capacity would allow right. her to help. Yeah. And more importantly, you she never questioned me because I made some bad decisions in my mm -hmm. life too. 
but she knew, you know, hey, this kid's getting in trouble. And I'm not going to lie. I was, I could have went the wrong direction right. really fast. It was my personality. Mm -hmm. And, and she identified it and she stepped in she did, she did the intervention, right? Right. She said, this kid, he's going to lead him but into Penn State, not San Diego State, if right. I don't do something. Right. And, and it was that leadership. And, and, and I always think to myself when we're in the community, mm -hmm. what can we do to prevent before right. we have to have intervention? Right. right. Mm -hmm. And it's programs. It's investing in our youth, in our community. Right. And so, yeah, over the years, you know, I've been passionate about the tribe. You know, ULDI, mm -hmm. we do a lot of we train mm -hmm. about 150 kids a year. We don't talk about it. We've never even had a website, but we do a whole leadership curriculum. You know, with the kids, they learn how to start their own business, a business plan. And, and I don't really wish entrepreneurship on my enemy because mm -hmm. it's hard. It's, you know, <laughs> most people, it's, it's tough. It ain't easy, huh? It ain't easy. But, you know, I want those young people to have the mindset that, okay, I might get a job pushing carts at the supermarket, but how do I become the manager? How do I become the checker? That's right. How do I grow? And, 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 and yeah. I think with entrepreneurship, it's a mindset in entrepreneurship, mm -hmm. right? It's, because there is no one to turn to. It's kind of like wrestling. It's either I get beat or I win. Mm -hmm. and, and there is no, I could blame somebody. Mm -hmm. And so with these young people, I try to say, you know what? You are talented. You are bright. And and, and maybe you're not going to be an entrepreneur, but you're going to get a right. skill set and learn how to build on your strength. Yeah. How, yeah. how long have you been doing that for? 30 years this year. Wow. Yeah. How cool. Our, our top sales rep in Imperial Valley was Richard was in our first program for Shelltown. Wow. Ain't that a trip? He was in eighth grade. Yeah. And now he's killing it out there in, Shout in, in Imperial Valley. He got stores. And, you know, I look up to him. He's my hero. You know, great father and doing good. Mm -hmm. awesome. And so, yeah, yeah it, it, we started doing it just out of me and Ricky. You know, we wanted yeah. to help. And, you know, youngster got busted doing a, a drive-by. And, you know, they gave him a couple options. And. I was a commissioner already for the juvenile delinquency commission. Leon Williams appointed me to the juvenile delinquency commission. So I was the youngest commissioner. Bonnie yeah. Dumanis wasn't even a politician mm -hmm. or Denise. And right. so I said, okay, we'll help these youngsters. And you, right. a few years later, it, I met we, you. Right. And, and so we, we did the leadership of DJing, mm -hmm. but it was more to get the kids involved. It's the hook. It hooked them, man. And then yeah. they, they heard music and, you know, I loved hip hop. Anyone knows me, I old school and hip hop. Cause I was there at the beginning. Right. Yeah. And so going back to answer your question, yeah, I think now at 50 years old, more than ever, um, you know, I really, how can we do more? Right. How can we do more? And, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you pointed out those, like the, those aspects, because a lot of times parents think that I don't have the money. I can't support what my child wants to do. Well, you know what? It's not just about the money, right? It's about believing in them. It's just love. It's just love. That in itself is support, right? Um, earlier, uh, Michael was mentioning, you know, that, you know, when, when you're in there, some of the people get cut off by their families, right? And he never, you, you shared that you, that never happened to you. And I mean, Hey, something went wrong, but, and he's there doing his time, but there's that motherly love and support was still there. Right. And, and we know that we need that support no matter what situation we're in. I, I, I always wonder, like guys, are, they wouldn't even write their family or, mm -hmm. or other than that. And I say, well, well, what did you do, man? That you can't talk to your family right you know and that's not just one guy that's a man that's a lot a lot yeah you know a, a lot of them and youngsters and so you know you know what did you do to, to have that where your family's not gonna respond to you or say anything mm -hmm. you know anything you know you don't even have that because it ain't about just asking for money just sometimes talking to them but a lot of them mm -hmm. a lot of guys 
will just ask for money and stuff. I think they see that, but then you got guys that they're and their family takes care of them, right? And to me, after a while, they they start abusing it. They you know like they use their family, right? You know, and so I wonder there too. I go, why would you do that? And you know, mm-hmm. where's the you know something's missing? I used to think something's going wrong. Yeah, you know, but I just observe because when you're in there, you have to learn how to observe people. Watch people how they how they are mm-hmm. and things because that's how you know right. what's going to happen. And you know, then, you know. I I appreciate you share that because I mean we could I mean I don't know it's, I could do something stupid tomorrow and end up in there right, but knowing that is like you got to have that fine balance where you're not abusing your family, but you still you still keep that connection because you know it, it's important that we stay connected. My brother served in Desert Storm, yeah, and you know back then. Uh, what was it AOL emails were barely coming on live? You know what I mean? Damn. And my mom would sit there for hours trying to connect with him, right? But the best thing that we could do for him was write to him, because he said that that that's what helped yeah. him to survive. And you know, I, I I know it's not the same thing, but it's similar. Where it's like you're you're isolated, right? You're in a place mm-hmm. away from your loved ones, and you can't abuse them, like you said, right? You can't take advantage of them trying to help you out, but you still got to keep that connection and. And I know you kept that connection with your mom. And it, and, yeah. It's hard, you know, yeah. when I've seen as, as a younger brother, right? And, you know, there is a disconnect, you know, and, and you're, you have distance between each other. And, mm-hmm. and, and this is a mental health issue. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's trauma. I don't care, you know. I used to always say, my brother's tough. I don't worry about him in there, right? Mm-hmm. You know, but I would worry, you know, on your mom. What is she working? You know, right. her stress. She's right. worrying about him, right? Right. And she's worried about, you know, no matter what, I've seen parents in bad situations, good, and they still worry about their children. Yeah. So I think, you know, and sometimes our children don't understand, you know, because, and like my brother observed, because whatever their situation is, and mm-hmm. more than likely there's some trauma there too, right? Right. And so, I don't know. So we, we've been lucky. And, and I also think, you know, I mean, my mom and aunts, they, they would go all the way up to San Quentin prison when I was a kid. You know what I mean? They were visiting my uncles and yeah. they're just down like that. I mean, can you yeah. imagine in 1960 to drive all the way up once a month to we, we Northern go, Cal? We should go as a family. We'll go up there right, and to go see my uncle. My aunt happened to live right there in San Rafael. Uh-huh. Next in five, not five minutes from the prison, like right around the corner almost. Mm. And so we would go up there, and there would be times after that that just me and my grandmother would go up there. We'd fly up there or something, or mm-hmm. get a ride with with somebody going up there because she would go just to go see my uncle. Right. You know, and like Fred didn't know my grandmother uh-huh. that much, but if I I think about it now, my grandmother used to do every, but everything she does. And I, I know from her, mm-hmm. my mom does the same thing. My nice. mom has the same kind of love. She don't forget, you know, she don't turn her back. And uh-huh. like my grandmother used to do for my uncle. Right. That's all my mom did for me. Beautiful. Yeah, your, your mom and, was uh, raised right. And see, Fred didn't see that part, but right. my mom, I think, is, is a lot like my grandma. You know? Michael, let, let me, actually, this question is for both of you guys. What's a piece of advice? that mom has shared or shared and you guys continue to use. Cause I know, I know we know that parents are full of wisdom 
And, uh, but I know, I'm sure there's a piece of advice that, that at one point she has said or said that you guys continue to use in your life. You think, Fred? I don't know. To me, like, it wouldn't be advice. It was just how she did what she did, how she treated people, how she, uh, even like my friends that were doing it, she would let them come and stay. Mm -hmm. I had a friend not too long ago that was, uh, you know, I knew him from when I was young. She, she knew him, and uh, he was doing bad, and he was staying in the street. He got an old lady. A younger girl and got a little kid and they're doing bad so i told him, come over she let him come and stay yeah walk around him walking him in didn't charge him no money and, you know she she was very empathetic my mm -hmm. mother and, and she didn't look she didn't look at the bad in people right you know my i think we we both get that my brother and i we always we look at the good first you know and of course if there's too much bad you got to notice it but right she, she taught us to look at the good and, right. and, and you don't know what people's situation is. Right. And I think one of the ones as a young man, she, she taught me, you know, I went through a phase where I, I wanted to be like them, you know, my mm -hmm. brother. I mean, he wasn't joking. I had Stacy Adams when I was in sixth grade. Mm -hmm. I mean, how many sixth graders had? And right. my brother was making a few dollars back then. Right. He was very entrepreneurial. Right. So money wasn't really an issue with, with, with him and, he dressed real nice and low riders and cars and, and, um, and you know what she would tell me? She goes, I don't need to tell you what's wrong or wrong or right. Mm -hmm. You know, what's wrong or right. Mm -hmm. So she never scolded us because she would tell us, you know, you make the decision, you know, right. wrong or right. So as a kid, I couldn't argue with her. I couldn't right. say, Oh, mom told me don't do that. Or "Oh, mom said, stop doing this. Or, right. Cause she, she just said, Hey, you know, what's wrong or right. Yeah. It's up to you to make the decision. Yeah. And and I think I reflect back. I was like, she's a Jedi. You know, she, yeah. she was able to break it down, right? Uh -huh. Make you make she, you I could argue with her, right? Right. And and like for instance, we could cuss at home. My mom. Mm -hmm. She never went off on us. We just couldn't say man. She didn't like the word man. <laughs> but when you left the house, you couldn't cuss. Oh wow. Show her show respect. Yeah, because she said that reflects us, and it, him and I have never been known as cussing. Mm -hmm. you know? oh, I, when I was before, I used to, I used to, well, I'd cuss, but, but when I cuss, I used to say, "Fuck a lot, man." You yeah. know, <laughs> and she always used to tell me, "Why the fuck you always saying fuck this, fuck that?" You know? <laughs> Everything is fuck, fuck, fuck. And she didn't cuss, you right? Know? And she used to tell me like that. She goes, man, "You got, you know, you gotta stop saying that word so much." And I didn't, you know, know, I said it so much, and then she shocked slowly. It, it slowly, it just, it just, it faded it, out. Yeah, and uh, and said to me, but she never really, you know, like got on us like for nothing. Yeah, she just her what? expectations were when we presented mm -hmm. ourselves. Uh huh. Even when he was getting in trouble and he had a different reputation, right? We were probably the nicest, respectful people because she, she, it was her expectation. Right. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. You know. Yeah. And and I think it wasn't through beating us or hitting us. She just had an expectation. Yeah. One time she one time she raised her hand on me and hit me, and is because Did you deserve it though. No, no I was, I, see for the future, see, right? Here's what happened. She had, her car was out there, and I was counting her. We lived out there in Sarah Mesa's farm. I didn't have no car at the time. Yeah. And I said I want to use a car. And she was telling me no. 
So I said, well, okay, well, if I can use a car, I ain't no one use a car. Well, flatten your tires. Oh, <laughs> so, no. so I'm just playing around with her, right? So I go outside and act like I'm flattening the tire. Uh-huh. You know, playing that. Oh, kneel, it wasn't I'm good. I'm kneeling down there. Oh, and I'm, going, I'm acting like I'm letting it out, you know. And all of a sudden, she comes from around the corner. Bam! Bam. Bam. She clocked me right across the face. Get the fuck out of my <laughs> You know, was, I had my bad. I was going to crack like, it, too, just because. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She, Never again, huh? I saw when I was little, I used to play clown him because he used to get mad. He had a temper. Yeah. And I was playing with him. He was doing something. And I was saying, Yeah, you ain't ever going to do nothing. This and that. And all of a sudden, I, he came running at me and he had a big old machete. Like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, the cleavers? You know, the yeah. cleavers? He, he came out of the kitchen with that. My mom grabbed him. She stopped him. She said, What are you doing? And I was laughing at him after that because she stopped him. I go, ah, she, mom had to stop you. You ain't gonna do nothing. <laughs> and I'm, you know, because I waited till he went to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I got him. So she I, was firm but fair, right? <laughs> I'm playing with them, you know, getting yeah. The two two times I'm playing with someone and they try to get me. <laughs> yeah, he she she was like that. And I, and yeah. at the same time, she taught us how to fight. You and, know, and, my and, mom and, was the first one to say, hey, yeah. they push up on you, you hit them first. Yeah. Don't wait. Yeah, no, literally, she taught yeah. us. Hey, like, if if I hit so much school and I didn't provoke it and they did it to me, you know, I, I remember telling the principal, I, I, the kid threw a rock and hit at me, right, mm -hmm. in seventh grade. Man, I got that kid. I I, I banged his head on the pole. I took, I took him out. <laughs> yeah. And I told the principal, don't call my mom. What? And he's thinking he has leverage on me. I said, Talon, you don't call her. She's going to come here <laughs> leaving work. She, she's Should not going to agree with you. And he's like, so he's really thinking, right? Uh -huh. Oh, man, I got leverage. Yeah, yeah. She he's went lying. off on him. She goes, that kid could have made my kid blind. Would you pay for my kid's eyes? She mm. goes, that kid was not responsible. Uh -huh. She schooled that principal. So she's lucky that he has an eye and my son didn't take his eye out. I was like, damn. <laughs> Thank you, ma'am. All right. <laughs> yeah, so Sorry she, to bother you. So, she, so, so as nice she, as she was, she also wasn't going to, you but, know... <laughs> Oh, it, man. You know, I, when I was, I, I said not in high school, I stopped, I said ditch a lot. I got kicked, I got thrown out of sweet water, told me, you know, we'd go somewhere else, adult school, or, you know, you could get an ethnic transfer. They right. Called it, they called it an ethnic transfer, okay? Mm -hmm. All right, and so you go, so okay, so take the transfer. So they sent me to Hilltop. Okay. And so I go to Hilltop, and I'm at Hilltop, and I maybe went a couple of times. And so I'm I'm already enrolled there, and it's weeks, weeks go by. And also, like one day I went home, and she gets a call, and they called her, and told yeah. her, uh, "Hey, Michael's not at school or nothing." She goes, "Well, you're not at school, and he's not been coming. Why? Well, guess he quit." <laughs> <laughs> right? Why well, you calling me? Right? Yeah. yeah. Told yeah. him, "I guess he quit. You know, he ain't going to school. He quit." Yeah. <laughs> so, and I looked at her. What? She goes, "Well, you don't go to school, so you quit." Yeah. That was it. <laughs> yeah, she was she was a realist. Yeah. And, and and I think like I said, for you, you reflect on this, him and yeah. my brother, you know, she passed away um in twenty nineteen in mm -hmm. November and, and it was unexpected. We didn't see right. it coming, right? And um so what a blessing. My brother, you know, got to be with her every day and and, and um beautiful. You know, and, and as a wonderful son, he took care of her. Right. Know, and I'm always thankful he's with her every day and shared a lot of good times with her and 
course, they take off to the casino sometimes. Mm. And I, I lose, <laughs> right. and they come home. It's four, eight in the morning. They're still gone. Like, where you guys been at? Yeah, wow. they get down, right? Don't feel she, he don't even get tired. She don't even get an invite to the buffet, nah, right? Oh, no, she got the buffet. No, but she I mean, you didn't even get the, Yeah. She would scare me sometimes because she would go on her own. She would take off, and it would be late. She ain't come yeah. home yet. So I would call Fred up. And Fred, she's not home, man. I mean, she's not answering her phone. Nothing. Damn. So we wait, and hours go by. We put a tracker in her car. Yeah. Right. Now, now you know how she felt. So now, right. now he's calling the he's calling the cops. Uh, he's looking to see if there's any accidents on the, anywhere. Damn. That's that's what Michael said. I'm gonna so, start hanging out with her more often. You gotta stand. My mom would ride on the back. She was still rolling on a Harley to seven years old. Damn. Wow. Like that. I mean, yeah. she did she did Sturgis. My uh-huh. mom did, she do the big runs and she did all the Bajas. Our cousins oh, yeah. were in Baja. Uh-huh. My mom would be in her car racing in the Baja, jamming, no way. zipping away. She, she she was different. My mom yeah. was down. Like she, she was, liked all that. Oh, and she was, I went to a Baja with them one time and this race crew, okay, they're coming down the, you can't see them coming because they're, we're on this one stretch uh-huh. and they're coming from a, an, uh, they're coming like we're we're over there in uh, by they got no way by Mexicali mm-hmm. right, okay. right there and they're coming from like TJ okay so but we're like say so they're coming towards us and but they so they got to make a turn right there to start going down Southway uh-huh. right so we're already on the turn and the straightaway where they're gonna go south so they come you see the cars coming you hear them coming there's a big old turn so they got to come and it's in, it's all dirt so. People are on one side and there's people in the, but you know, they're far apart. But you could walk all the way in there. Uh-huh. Like you could walk across the, the thing if you want when no one's there. So you got all these cars parked there and they're coming around this turn <laughs> yeah. like that. So people are standing out there. And where's my mom? Way out there standing in front of where the cars <laughs> coming. And they're coming like right almost gonna hit her. And she just walking watching them coming, zoom, zoom, going by her. She's yelling, yeah, cheering them on. She loved it. She loved it. That's a fun experience, dude. I've done that before. It's a fun experience. Waiting for my cousin to come and we'd follow him. Yeah, and she would love that. She loved going to those outdoor things. If any relative was had a football game, she would be there. She would always like supporting. And I think him and I get it. You know, we've always been teased. Anyone that knows us, we we always like to be in the streets. They always tease us. Uh, They and. Little Fred, they like to be in the streets. And, and, you know, we got it from my mom. You know, yeah. she she was down. You know, let's go. We're going to go to Texas. Let's go. And, yeah. you know, so uh, at the end of her life, she did 14 cruises. Nice. Wow. Yeah, went to Europe. And how cool was it? Before oh, wow. she passed, she did everything on her bucket list, she said. Damn. Nice. We, you know, she went from Europe to China. To, she loved Mexico. Uh-huh. She, she'd go to every church. Oh, she wow. She loved going to churches and lighting candles. And so... You know, when you talk about moms, I think him and I got the greatest pet pleasure just, you know, making her happy and right. seeing her and eating uh, with her and spending time because that was her happiness. And, and, you know, and, and, about this, I used to go to, you know, the concerts like uh, they'd have it, um, the oldie con- the old one, old school ones. Uh-huh. They have some Fred would get tickets. So I'd have some tickets to go. And I'm going to, I take someone with me, a girl, and my mom, there'd be other tickets. My mom goes, I'm not, I want to go. <laughs> she go to yeah. concerts with us. My Let's mom, roll. She my mom's going to see everyone. Rip she's James, yeah. Tina Marie. All, she go to all the old school concerts too. That was if up. she didn't go with me, she got tickets, and she'd find her one of her friends or something, and they would go too. They'd be there. Yeah. Uh, you know, she loved going to concerts too. The old school concerts. 
Yeah. She was there. And dancing. She was real involved. She, she volunteered yeah. a lot. She was the president of the Eagles Women's Gallery. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's really but involved. They're on, um, the old one in Hillcrest. The Hillcrest, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so she always feeding the troops. Yeah. And, uh-huh. and, and then Raising money for and something. People yeah. and, and people that we know, friends of ours, they, they know. They're, Mom's coming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She wants to go. She's coming. <laughs> That's yeah. what's up. You know, and, yeah. and, and a lot of people will rate uh, a person's success, right? They'll be like, oh, your parent did good because... You know, you're college educated, but no, that is, it's not about get what, what you've done is how your parents have been able to support you and, and be there with you. Right. Like you said, she was out there on the streets with you, right. Supporting oh, yeah. you and, you know, and try, trying to, you know, provide something fun or, you know, or like an activity and not just for you, but also teaching you that. Yeah. The hey, great, the greatest, I think is mom. So my daughter, the oldest one, it's her birthday today. So happy birthday, Brianna. She's 28 happy today. Happy birthday. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday. And, um, I think what was really cool is that's her baby. That's her oldest, you know, grandkid. Wow. And um, Brianna went to college, you know, mm-hmm. and she, she, how cool was it? She did her master's at Purdue. Nice. And so who moved her in? You know, of course, I went early to see the school with her and do the mm-hmm. parent thing. But the first week of her first year at, at her graduate school, my mom was with her. Actually, two weeks. Wow. Nice. Went there, cooked for her, you know, made sure, went shopping. I bet you everybody was, stuff. like, envying that yeah, shit, yeah, right? Yeah, she, yeah, back then, at least 70-something, right? And she's rolling to, in, in Indiana, nowhere. And, uh-huh. and, and you know, so for me, I think going back to her legacy of thinking about what she did in life and that she always had the right attitude. Mm-hmm. It wasn't where she ended up. It was her attitude. Right. The approach that she tried but to see her granddaughter, mm-hmm. you know, go to a big university and do well. And the hardest thing, man, it broke my heart. So check this out. My mom, and I, I really, you know, by the time my daughter graduated, she graduated in the winter. Okay. Mm. So we all had, you know, we're Mexican, so we were deep. We were going to take the whole plane up, right? Right. So we went to the airport <laughs> to get on the plane and, and to fly out to Indiana uh-huh. to see her gra- and, and it was really my mom. I, we were excited to, so my mom could see this, right? right. Man, we got snowed out. Oh, got snowed. yeah, man, it was cold blooded. And, and I remember I was like, I'll get a private jet just for my mom to uh-huh. get there, just yeah. to be there. And, yeah. And she would do that. She would take up to Frisco when she was in school. And and so, you know, it was cool because it, not only did we get the love from her, you know, but the kids, children, yeah, you know, her nephews or God kids. And, and, and so going back to mama's out there. You know, on, on behalf of my brother and I, you know, thank you for what you do because we know women, especially my mom was a single mom raising mm-hmm. us, two boys that, that tend to be a little... Um, she was a doer. Wild. She wasn't that, like, moms that the support they give, a lot of them are, they give support by talking to you or something like that. Right. She would talk to you, but also she would do it. She'd go there. And I think that's what's important, that you know? she would go there with you, right? You know yeah, what I mean? She, she would do she it with you. She was always present. And we, we never she not wanted our mom with us. And mm-hmm. and so for you mamas mm-hmm. out there, thank you for what you do. You know, we love you as 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 what I could say, official mama boys. You know, mm-hmm. my brother and I, we're mama's boys, man. And, you know, we, we talk to our mom every day and spend it. But it wasn't, she. we didn't have riches. When my mom passed, she didn't have nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, then wasn't a homeowner, no, no. But she was wealthy. Mm-hmm. She was wealthy with love and, and experiences, right? Yeah. right? She didn't miss the opportunity. And even when she worked two jobs, she still brought us oranges to mm-hmm. our, our football game or, or or she would organize the potluck or whatever. And so what I'm saying is, mamas, we know it's not easy, man. We've yeah. we seen it through our mom's eyes. And I think hopefully 
you know, as men, you know, we will always respect our women and right. our women are our queens and 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 all level. And you know, and and hopefully as gender, men and women, you know, we can make each other better. Right. You know, that yeah. at least I think that's important. And that's what we learned from our mom, you know. Yeah. She she never talked bad on, on our pops, you mm-hmm. know, and she never She just did her thing. She 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 she, 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 she was friends with my dad too. He was there at the hospital when she died. Yeah, we have mm-hmm. different fathers, and she, yeah, yeah same thing. And, and she, you know, yeah. she she was cool. We didn't. Yeah, she did her thing, and so you know, we would come over to the house, and they would talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They'd sit there and talk. My dad would come over, sit on the couch, like nothing. She she even cook, make him something to eat. He'd eat. I said, "Hey, Dad, come over. My mom's making some of this." All right, because he didn't live far from from where we were at. Right. So he would come over. Yeah, so she showed us. She showed us to lead with love. Right. You know, and, and, and also, you know, just don't judge people. You know, like she said, don't treat no one any better. And, and you're no better than no one, and you're no worse than no one. Mm-hmm. You know, so when right. you ask about those little details. Uh-huh, yeah. And, and and I think, like I said, we're lucky. We learned from her. So going back to my business, mm-hmm. and, and, and you look at our partners, Xteca, you know, we're more than a beer company. It's a and, family thing. You know, Javier gives big. Yeah, and, and and you know Mario, my partner Mario the OG Lopez. This is our twenty fifth year being business partners. Can you believe that? We started in nineteen ninety five. And what people don't know about Mario, and I'm going on a tangent. We're talking about moms, but mm-hmm. no, check, it's all good. That's- so check this out. When Mario and I became business partners in ninety six, um, I'm I'm gonna. You want to hear that backstory and how we became business partners? Yeah. No one, a lot of people, unless you were there. Like, like I, I met him on the side, and then I met you on the Tomorrow's side. Sherman, yeah. And then it was like, wait, you all work together. Hold on a minute. You know what I mean? So check this out. This is one of the, uh, you're getting a glimpse. So at the yeah. time in 1995, I knew Mario from the breaking days. Right. In the 80s, right? From, you know, was it the floor master? Yeah, they were the floor master. Yeah. From Sherman. Uh-huh. And, and even Little One was a breaker. Uh-huh. The little One literally was Little yeah. One, right? And so anyways, Mario and I, you know, we knew each other from the streets and, you know, cruising. We, You know how that it goes. You, but Mario's from Sherman. Mm-hmm. And, and I had friends everywhere, but so it wasn't no set trip and stuff. Right. It was just, you know, Mario's from, you know, from Sherman. And and so I was managing Night Owl at the time. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know if you know, Night Owl and I started back yeah. in the 80s together. Yeah, well, when he was right. Ray C. Uh-huh. But it was just hip hop. And Night Owl and I were on tour with Too Short. Mm-hmm. So we, we did a tour with Too Short, right, all the way. And Night Owl was scared to fly. To this day, I think he doesn't fly. He right? got some Richie Valens in him or what? Yeah, dad, I used to tease him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I cool dude, though. And so anyways, so, and like I said, I've known Night since we were kids. We were right. just trying to make music, right, right, in the 80s. And so we were, we came from, from Albuquerque driving, and we ended up at Super Show uh-huh. in, in Arizona. Oh, yeah, yeah. In Mesa. Mario was there, right? And and Mario was there. He had straight clown in him and uh-huh. Jose had him the clothing and line. And and Jose had that bad ass, that suavecito was the bad boy. Uh-huh. Fifty eight was 58. bad to the bone. I mean that car was bad. And so we you know, we were from San Diego, so right. we all ran you know, when you're at these car shows in other cities, you tend to gravitate to, to your people. From, yeah. You might not hang out in San Diego, but when you you're somewhere else, we're all from San yeah. Diego, right? So we're hanging out and Mario and I, you know, and Mario and I are, we're both kind of nerds. Anyone that knows us, we're, we're nerdy dudes. You know, we, we, we straight up, you know, any knows us, we, you know, we nerd out on some stuff. We're always reading or did you know mm. that and random information, right? So as everyone's partying and we're kicking it and, and we just start talking about stuff. And so when we got back to San Diego, 
I told him, hey, I'm starting a publishing company. Mm-hmm. Like, what? You know, Mario, Mario was screen printing. He was doing shirts right. at Expertise, right? And they had the clothing line. I said, what do you mean? He goes, I want to do like a soulful Chicana voices. I have a person that's going to write it. And, and at the time we went to school together, but I want to do like the chicken soup for the souls, but right. for Chicanos. Yeah. You know, let's tell our stories, right? Because right, right, right. I just got out of college in 93 out of state, right? And, you know, I wanted to change the world. In order to change the world, I thought, you know, there was no internet really. AOL just started. Yeah. So my dream was to have a Chicano publishing company. And I had Toltec, right? And so Mario's a, okay, so Mario made a cover for me. Mm-hmm. That for, and it was going to be for the book. And, of course, right. we had misspellings. And so we went to a Knox conference. Okay. You know, remember Knox? The National Association of Chicano Studies. Yeah. Mm. So check this out. Going back to moms, I'm, I'm giving you a roundabout story. Yeah. It's going to be a long interview with this one. That's all good. So got, I got time. So check this out. 1996 <laughs> or 95, you know, at that time I had the nightclubs. I was promoting nightclubs. Mm-hmm. You know, I was doing undergrounds. That was kind of my scene. Um, and so... I said, well, and, and okay, I'm going to put out, who is it? So Lupa Corona at the time, mm-hmm. it was her book. We're going to put out Soulful Chicana Voices. She, it was her dissertation at USD for her master's. All right. And then I said, well, shit, we'll put it out. You know, I yeah. didn't know nothing about publishing. We're, we're going to change the world, right? Norma Chavez mm-hmm. was with Norma. us too. So check this out. My mom calls me up. I'm on my way to the airport, right? We're going to do, Mario and I hooked up. And I said, Mario, can you make me? You know, there's some shirts. I want to be like Nike. Nike gets paid to wear a logo, and you pay them to do that. It makes no right. sense to me. You're wearing Adidas. You're paying them to, you know, to wear their brand. Uh-huh. And I said, well, by the time we fly up there and get a booth, you know, I want to recoup some of that money. Mm-hmm. So Mario did four designs, Toltec designs. We're going to be Toltec Publishing. So I printed a whole bunch of shirts. And on the way to the airport, my mom's, hey, you got to come get your brother. I said, what? You meet my brother. She goes, just take your brother with you. <laughs> so he was on a good one, right? <laughs> he yeah. was on a good one, right? So I got a homeboy just just got out the pen. Yeah, I got my sisters with me. Chicana Power did a midnight uh-huh. hour. A couple other sisters. So right. they, they had Acha at the time. Then we went to Sacramento. Yeah. So this fool who just got home, right? <laughs> it, it, so I got him, my activists, and we're jumping on a plane. And back then, he didn't have the security issues like now, right? Like, you just jump on a plane, right? So Mario made me a bag of shirts, mm-hmm. and a duffel bag full of shirts. It said Toltec. So we got to the conference. This fool was in the La La Land still, right? So I just, <laughs> he didn't even know how to use a key for the, the, the thing. They gave us those magnet. Right uh-huh. there. I just left him in the room, right? So they even forgot I had my brother with me, right? I said, just let him go. And he, he was just, let him sleep. So I left him in the room. Next thing you know, I, I opened up that bag, and uh-huh. I start slanging the shirts. I had a boot, Toltec. Dude, I sold all those shirts. They're like 200 shirts. Damn. People bought them like, I mean, it was nuts. They were, we were there to promote a book. It was all about the shirts, right? Right. The merchandise. So Mario, at the time, you know, I'm sitting here slinging these shirts. And, you know, cell phones were barely out, right? So right. it wasn't like we communicate like now. Without, you know, it, was, it was still pager time, yeah, huh? Yeah, Beepers. You see, yeah, you see you each know. other when you see each other, uh-huh, right? right. It wasn't like up-to-date information. There was no Facebook. We're here. To, you know, it was just you're slinging. So anyways, this fool finally gets up. So the next day, they have all these workshops talking about 187. That was uh-huh. big back then. Right. All these activists, because it's all Chicano studies. And, and Renee Nunez was there. And you know Renee's from Logan. You know, I don't know if you remember Professor Nunez. So he's from here. Okay. And, but Renee was, like, iconic in the Chicano movement. You know, he was there at mm. Aplanda Santa Barbara. He, 
I mean, this dude put it down. You know, he was FBI came after him at UCLA. <laughs> I mean, so we got Renee there doing a workshop, and so got going back to the San Diego, con, you know, connection. Group. Yeah, and Mario had did all these shirts. So this long story is going to see how it circles around. I got my brothers in another world. So now that he <laughs> slept the next day, right? All of a sudden, when you see him take his shirt off, my brother's tatted up his mm. whole body, right? I mean, from here, and that wasn't popular yet. You didn't see yeah, dudes right. with full, you know, sleeves and their whole body. And it, he's had that for since forever, right? Right. So next thing, this fool's hyper because he's been sleeping for a day, right? <laughs> Two, next thing I hear the sisters and your brother in there cooking up dirt in, in a workshop. I said, my brother, what the hell's he doing at a workshop? He's napping. <laughs> <laughs> this fool's in a workshop and a slingshot with them. They're, they're talking about some discussion. He's talking with them, and I'm like, Oh wow. Oh wow. So let me check this out. <laughs> he's, right? participating, he's participating, right? Michael, he's participating. So next thing you know, you know, you got us at this this nice hotel we're at. Mm. Next thing they got a dance. We're out there doing a bump. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're partying. It's and, and you know, because everyone's talking about Chicano stuff. And all right. of a sudden my brother just got out the pin. He's like, Man, you don't know what you're talking about. Uh, and, he, and now I'm like, oh shit. Mm. Here's this conference going wild now, right? Yeah. So it was a two-day conference. We sold all the shirts. And so at the time, Mario had the clothing line, straight yeah. clowning. And so I said, well, I'll meet you in Vegas. So we just, this was the day. You just mm -hmm. jumped on a flight. So him and I, now he's kind of hyper. He's He's been sleeping. And so my brother's like, word, let's go to the car show. So he was excited <laughs> to go to the lowrider show in, in Vegas. So we get on the plane. We landed and went straight to the car show. I get there. Mm -hmm. Mario's like, where those shirts at? When he's slaying them. Because he, he was slaying his shirts. He's going to bring those shirts and we'll sling them. I go, I sold God. them. Gone goes, with the wind. He goes, you sold all those shirts. And I said, yeah, they're gone. Uh -huh. I go, and then I go, here, I'll break you off. Because right? yeah. the agreement was I'll split the money with you. Right. Right. There was no business. It wasn't, he, I was trying to be a t-shirt company. Yeah. Mario goes to me, uh, you're in the clothing business now. Welcome to the club. So Toltec Clothing started that day. Uh -huh. and, and Mario and I, you know, anyone knows me, I I have a tendency to go hard, whatever I put my mind. Right. I'm, I told you I'm an undercover nerd. I'm, a, I'm an undercover, <laughs> under, undercover cholo and undercover nerd together. You put them together. And so next thing you know, we did a business plan. We're at ASR. We're at Magic. Next thing mm -hmm. we're selling Toltec shirts in Chicago and Detroit. We got into Hot Topic. Uh -huh. And it was all with him get kidnapped. We even got kicked out of the places in Vegas. <laughs> and so my point is, that's how Mario and I became business partners. Nice. From a fluke of just trying to print sell shirts and next thing you know we had a clothing line and then we start doing all the record labels uh -huh. we start you know because i was a promoter right mario yeah. was a graphic designer so it Goes was hand in hand well i know what we fed off each other right yeah. mario's mario's probably one of the smartest people i've ever met in my life mario lopez so creative OG. dude not a, he's just really really he's, bright yeah i mean he's 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 quiet when you see him mm -hmm. everyone knows him but mario is brilliant I mean, his mind is phenomenal. Right? His mind's always working, I mean, dude. He designs all this. Everything you see, Exteca is, and and it's, it's not only that he can design anything right. that that label, but it's his input and his insight. Right. You know, Mario was there in the original breaking and graffiti, and mm -hmm. so it's very authentic whatever he does. And so going back to twenty five years, no one knows this either. Me and Mario were were uh, single daddies. Mm. I was a dad when I was twenty two. And, and, and I have my daughter and Mario had his daughter and Mario raised his daughter by himself, full custody. Wow. A lot of people don't know that. So how cool was it? in 95, we became or 96. We started our businesses together mm -hmm. and, and 
going back to our moms, you know, responsibility. And Mario has an amazing mom. And yes, she's he still does. Here, and, and you know her in, in, yeah, in, in the community. Uh -huh. you, you, you met her all. She, she'll get at it. Oh, right? yeah. And and so. <laughs> she's amazing. Yeah. And so, you know, and I think that committed is. So how cool was it? Not only did we start a business that we didn't know what we were going to do. Mm -hmm. Right. Toltec clothing. Then we had Toltec graphics, marketing, media, right. organizing. We also became men together and we got to raise our daughters right. together. You know, and, and we didn't know. We, our kids' hairs would be all jacked up, the trenzas, you know. Right. <laughs> We're trying like, to, who did your hair? Yeah, My no, God. literally, the teachers. <laughs> yeah, we'd we be poppy. dropping up. Oh, it, it was embarrassing, you know. But yeah. we did but our best, right? You did your best, right? Hey, all my daughters get her ponytails. Yeah, yeah I get man. Down or, with the braids. Or so. the hair. I, I can't do that. And, and I remember my mom said, You can't put her in jeans all the time. You got to dress her up like a girl. And I'm like, Every you know, now and then. And so, you know. But see, you were able, and both of you guys were, were able to become great fathers, we right? did. single fathers, because of that influence and that support of our mothers. Of your mothers, yeah. And I think with our daughters, you know, we, we were, how cool was it? You know, we would plan. They don't know this. You know, we'd yeah. take them to Palm Springs, yeah. we'd do little trips, we'd take. We didn't have money. You know, me and Mario, there would be times we were so broke. We went from having money, no broke. Where we're like, okay, we're going to get a cheeseburger, fries. What do we got at the office? And, uh -huh. and split it. And, 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 you know, that was the old days. Yeah. You know, yeah. we, we weren't, you know, we were just trying to make it. Right. And we'd work nonstop. And so what a privilege we got to raise each other. And and going back to Exteca, we mm -hmm. were like-minded. Mario right. and I always wanted to help. We volunteered. Yeah. We would. You know, you know, all the organizations come through our Just office. on a personal level, you guys have helped, you know, me and the scholarship and, and the kids I work with so much. I mean, you know, if I know that if I was to ask you guys, come on board and talk to them, which you guys have done is come out and, and talk to them. You know what I mean? Uh, the logos on right now, the baseball tee and those, those hoodies. I mean, I, I called Mario up. He sent me the, the, the stuff the next day. I mean, it took him like probably 30 minutes, but he just slept on it. <laughs> Meaning that, you know, because when I called him, it was like 8 at 8 p.m. He's like, I got you, dude. Next yeah. day, he sends it to me in the morning. He's like, I start away. Done. And, and I think yeah. that's been between him and I, you know, we're sponsoring a big event in L.A. Mm -hmm. We do a lot of that stuff because luckily we have the freedom to do it. Right. Right. We're in a position to help, you know, and, and anyone knows us. We, we don't ever say what we do. We just kind of help. Just do it. If we have the capacity, yeah. we could help. Right. And I think going back to where we're at today, you know, so... Exteca beer, you know, and it is is what we're obviously people say us is, and we have the right. coffee, but you know, it's it's values, it's family, it's community. We made this beer for our community. Yeah, you know, and we we didn't make it just because we wanted to be in the beer business. We want it so people enjoy it. You know, that they could sit there and and have memories, right? Because right. at, at least at fifty years old, the way I see life, you know, my wealth is in memories and, mm -hmm. and experiences, right? Right. And, and so we've seen Exteca as, as a good beer that is just quality and, and yeah. people could enjoy it. Yeah. And, and, and you know, like you said, it, it, or, you know, or you mentioned earlier, you know, how, how you guys came together. And I called it a family because that's how I see you guys as yeah. a family. And, and you guys do do a lot. We do. You, you don't throw it out there. You don't say it out loud, but you guys do a lot. And, and I think that's what's key. And, and that's what one of the influences from, from the mothers came, right? That. Yeah. Just do what you got to do and give back, right? And, and, and I think that's kind of what's fun. You know, Exteca is, COVID was a lesson for all of us. You know, I mean, how cool is it? We, we were growing like 300% in two years. I mean, we went from us mm -hmm. putting this stuff into my Ford Fusion and putting kegs in there. And right. I'm talking about eight kegs in there. And no one knows the story. <laughs> me and Mario borrowing. 
our first truck we picked up beer was a leased rental that had cores on the side of it. <laughs> 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 that they never took off, right? Damn. That they bought it from another junkie uh, or whatever. Yeah. And 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 Mario and I not even know how to handle a big rig, you know. Uh -huh. and, and and you know, and then to all of a sudden be at Petco Park and see your beer. I know, right? Or to be in Arizona and you see it on a thing, or or just to see your friends enjoying it, or mm -hmm. you know, my brother and I, he's been with me when we, we went and picked up his Cadillac. We we did the big San Jose show when they were on the fairgrounds, oh, right? Okay. And Exteca's there, and and Exteca went within a year and a half into eight counties. You know, we're in wow. literally Man. eight. We're in LA. We're in East LA and Ramirez. You know, that's like yeah. the. And I don't, Lucky's here. Right. And I don't even I don't even want to say that you guys are on pause because of COVID. You guys are like idling because things are still simmering around, right? And you know what I think COVID did for us is even though we were on a roll, mm -hmm. we, I mean, we were growing really fast, you know. And I think what it COVID did is we took back and first of all, we had to say lockdown so that we don't lose this company. Right. Right. And locking down was you do what your mom said. We ain't got money. We ain't going out today. We're going right. to make beans and rice. Yeah. You know, tomorrow we'll have meat, but today you're going to eat this. And so we took from our moms, you mm -hmm. know, you humble yourself, lock down the company. We got us, you know, made, made moves. And then we reflected and said, what did we do? Well, mm -hmm. you know, we're good at what right. we did, but what can we do better? And I think COVID gave us time to reflect and we had to lick our wounds because we did right. get bruised, right? We right. lost, just imagine in one day when they shut down, we lost a hundred clients in one day. We had a, we had a big 18 wheeler full of beer ready to go all the way up to the coast to deliver. Should have dropped it off on my house. I know. <laughs> all right. We had 200 Ks. We couldn't get rid of it. So, yeah. so <laughs> what I'm saying, it made us take a look. Mm -hmm. And so during this time, how cool is it? My son that's in the other room right now, Diego mm -hmm. was doing distant learning with me, driving all the way up to the Bay Area and, mm -hmm. and, and our kids. And so COVID was tough. And I know it was tough for a lot of people, you know, and, and, and I, I pray on everyone, but right. we also got it. Like my mom said, take, take what we got out of it. And, and what do we got to do going forward? And right. that's where the coffee came. Yeah. You know, let's, let's do something new. And, and, and now who knows what, we're working on a couple other things that nice. will probably launch soon. And, and, you know, and our goal with XTEC is just continually grow. And, and, and what means a lot to us is that as we grow and, and earn more revenue, that we can hire more people from our community. Mm -hmm. You know, nothing's better than when you do job creation. Right. You know, because I know folks from our community are going to give it their all. Right. You know, just like we will. Right. And, and that's what a successful company is when everyone believes and, and we treat people with their dignity. And, and at the same time, let's all get down. Let's do this. That's what's up. Yeah, and so yeah. I think, you know, so thank you guys for supporting XDECA, but it's it's more than just the beer and the brand and yeah. coffee. There's there's a lot more dynamics between us, what we're trying to yeah. do. Yeah, now we thank you. I mean, I, I truly enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. uh, sadly, I started, and I told you this story, <laughs> dude. I started drinking when I was 11. You know, I'm hardcore Tecate drinker. You know, I was living in a town that was like the number one, number one Tecate consumer in the in the country, in Mexico, you know what I mean? And um but fast forward to when you guys started introducing uh, the original Xteca, you know, Chela Mas Chula, it's like, I was like, cool, you know what I mean? It's something different, but I like it. You know, I'm not too big on hoppy beers, but I can still dig the, the hoppy lager, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's, it's, it's and most importantly, uh, one thing that my mom and my parents have always said is, you know, support those in your community. That's right. You know, yeah. give, give back, and if you can support them, you know, and shit. Hell yeah, I'm going to support you because I like it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I think that's important. You know, when you're doing yeah. companies, I, I look at all of our, com what I call com uh, compilers, you know, all right. these companies. You go down Logan Avenue. Uh -huh. And and I think our community, social justice is definitely top of mind. You know, mm -hmm. we need to achieve 
you know, parity in terms of just equality, right? Equity, right. not to equality, equity. Equity. And equity is a big word that a lot of people don't understand. Yeah, you know, they confuse it or, or they just brush yeah, it off. It equals not the same thing. I'm talking no. about equity where you're vested. And, and, and I look in Logan, and, uh, you know, on the 5th, you said you've seen us and we've all seen uh -huh, each other. Right. Nothing's prouder when you have other communities, people from that community, mm -hmm. you know, all the way starting with the, the shop down the street. Down on 1600. And, and you work your way all the way down to Barrio Dog, to, you know, Saloon, To Jack's Island, to, yeah. To, and, and, and even our brothers at Luckies, you know, yeah. they're, they're members of the tribe. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and That's so my I, spot right there. <laughs> so I think it's important right now, and, and that's the difference. That's why this is able to happen because we're the stakeholders. Mm -hmm. We're the owners on this business. This is my office is on Logan Avenue. Mm -hmm. So when the police come, I would say, no, I want this here. I could tell my people. And I think that's the future of us. We need equity where we right. own the businesses, we own the houses, and, and we're taking control and say, no, nah, that pothole shouldn't be here. Right. And, and I think, Right now, it's exciting because we have a lot of talented businesses. I mm -hmm. look at the arts right now. You, you go Beautiful. down Logan Avenue, man, you don't need to go anywhere else. You could buy anything from our sandals. Uh -huh. or, you know, the, right, with Sandy? Yeah, yeah, with Sandy. You know, there's so much cool stuff mm -hmm. that's right here. Yeah. And, and I think this kind of renaissance, which has always been here. Right. You know, it's just it, it wasn't in a position to elevate the visibility. And, and people are coming here now. Yeah. And so my hope is not only what's happening in our little microcosm of mm -hmm. San Diego, Logan Heights, right? But it happens at Temecula, East LA, Yuma, right. El Central, and and anyone who knows me, I'm here. If you're an aspiring entrepreneur, you you're trying to do something, you know, call me, man. You know, Coda Xteca. I'm not good at, at social media, but it'll get to me somehow, right? right? I'm, <laughs> and, and and what I'm saying is. You know, I, I might not have money to invest in everybody, but I could give you my mind for free. Right. right. I, I, and, and, you know, I know I've made a lot of mistakes in my and life. And it's sharing that knowledge that was shared with you. That's right. You, you know, know what and, I mean? and, and to be unselfish with your knowledge and yeah. anyone knows me, call me, you know, because, you know, I, I know my greatest gratitude is when I go somewhere and I see other people being successful, mm -hmm. you know, and they're doing it. And I'm like, that's oh, the ultimate man, man, they're doing good for themselves. Yeah. And, and, and I think right now, that's kind of the spirit of going back to our family, our parents. Yeah. They wanted good for us. Right. And, 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 you know, my brother and I, you know, we try our best to, to help where we could help. And, and right now, I think as a community, this COVID was ugly, man. It, yeah. it, it was ugly to our community specifically, right? We mm -hmm. didn't have the capacity to make it through. You know, you're an educator. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, there was digital, what we call digital racism, right? Yes. Oh, totally. And digital discrimination. And, yeah. and, and access, right? Just on connectivity. But so for our communities to rebound, it's going to take a while. And, and so we all got to reach back, reach up, reach down, reach around, mm -hmm. smile at each other, love each other, because right. it's going to take us a while to get out of this COVID, at least five years, in my yeah. opinion. And, and so this is the time that, you know, old school, my mom always tell me here in Logan, because it was really one big body, right? It was right. Logan or National City. Right. They called them the mutes for whatever reason. Mm. And, you know, and and, <laughs> and and I say this because my brother's father, we're half brothers, uh -huh. was from National City. So my mom got a whole bunch of shit when she married his dad. <laughs> <laughs> and and so, but back in the old days, that was only two bodios, right? Yeah. And everything in between, they didn't say really otherhood. It was Logan or National City. Right. But even then, everyone knew each other and was loving to each other. And, and I think, you know, that old school, because a lot of people's parents came from Mexico or whatever right. their experience was, and they bound together, right? Yeah. 
and 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 the big thing was dancing together mm-hmm. you know you know the, the dance swing halls. the dance halls the neighborhood house and you know all my family that's the stories we'd hear as kids you know they sock cops and uh-huh. dancing i and, think my mom and dad if you hear the, how it's how it was i think that was a uh call a love story yeah it was beautiful but because my dad is from national city my mom lived over here mm-hmm. my dad used to go to school high school he was in high school he used to go to school he used to run track, he said, and after that, he said, get, you know, get ready and walk to Logan over here, wherever my mom was at, downtown yeah. somewhere, walk over there to pick her up so he could be, see her all the time. And then run home. And, no, yeah, walk her home and, wet, and then go walk all in that Man, that's like 10 miles of footwork right I mean, there. Yeah, he did yeah. this every but, day. But I'm saying back then. But it in, was love. In, in communities. And, and not yeah. only that is, so, and in, in he's modest. His father was on the board, one of the originals of the Mac Project. Oh, wow. So, so. And, he was and, a treasure. So he was a, tre- he yeah. was there for 35 years on their board oh, of directors. Wow. So, you know, mm-hmm. so the activism as a kid, we were there, you know, when yeah. they were giving toys away and, and, uh-huh. and we would be like, he would, you know, take me places. And, and, and so how cool was it that it, you know, my mom would let me, I would spend time with his dad and they used to laugh. They thought his dad was my dad. Right. And, yeah. and he would take me just like his kid. And, and so I also learned example, my mom, right. you know, you know, we all love each other. And, and my dad used to work at the stadium, San Diego stadium. Mm-hmm. So we, I used, when I was little, I used to go there all the time and watch the games, the Padre games, get in charger games, yeah. you sit up right, right where the field is. And after. I was older and I wasn't able to go. I was gone. Fred still was young. Yeah. So it was Fred. He took his spot right there when you were gone. Yeah. <laughs> and all tall. of us kids would go, right? Yeah. And, and, and what I'm saying, and I think that's if we're in a position now, we could take kids to a ball game. Right. Or Definitely. We could take kids yeah. to the park right now. You know, not all these kids have this access right now. And and, and this is where I'm going to, I know we went way over time here, but you know, I'm very involved with the YMCA of San yes. Diego County. You know, and I, I am now chairman of the board of the board of governance for the entire county. And, you know, people always, I, I've been asked, why do you spend and invest so much of your time with the why? And I said, you know, with almost 5,000 employees and serve half a million people, mm-hmm. the community looks like us and it's changing, right? And right now I spend the time because we serve equitably and, and we, it's those programs. Right. Right. At the Jackie Robinson mm-hmm. YMCA that serves. Right on Imperial. Yeah, yeah, all these communities, right? Soccer's our number one sport mm-hmm. where we close down, right? Yeah. It's our kids mm-hmm. and, and uh-huh. basketball and, and our, our seniors that are getting older that right. come into the wise, right? For them. And and then our youth program mm-hmm. before school. Yeah. The morning did, and the afternoon. Yeah. King Chavez and this and that. So so that's where I'm passionate and giving my time right now is yeah. the YMCA because it's a great touch point to our community and getting people involved right. and, and exercising, healthy eating and mm-hmm de-stressing and right now like i said is as a company hopefully we continually to give the organizations as well right well that's beautiful man and i and i can see where all that's coming from fred michael gracias we really appreciate it thank you for sharing your your story man and you know it's uh we're highlighting mother's day and you know and their love right and their support for for all of us because like i said we you know it's not just in the household or in their communities but around the world right What, what they do and you know, you know how they help us to get educated and survive. I mean, our first teacher, they're our parents, right, at home. Yeah. And uh, thank you for sharing your stories. When's Father's Day? What's coming up? What's coming up? <laughs> because uh, uh, a Father's Day, I, uh-huh. 
that's a, my brother. You know, I don't have no kids. Yeah, my brother does. But I look at him and I said, man. Oh, that, he's a yeah. He's, he's to me like the best father you could have, man. Because yeah. he you, does brother. everything with his kids and yeah. for for his kids. Yeah. Like like you said, he takes uh, Dago with him all the time. How many dads take their kids with them all over the all over the place and and with them to like to work and and show them and, right and able to teach them things. He does that and don't hit them. Mm-hmm. You know, but they're scared of him. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't it's, hit them. It's, respect. it's called respect, them. huh, Fred? When I think by, you know. with both of the stories you both shared, yeah, you even going back to your great grandma. Right, of, yeah. of planning ahead, being strategic, you know, to the latest story you shared, Michael, of bringing in your homie who was yeah. down and out, you know, I, I think it speaks to everything that you're about and giving back. And, mm-hmm. you know, you mentioned earlier about mental health and prevention, you know, which I think starts with education. So the fact that you were the first in your family to go to college and now your own kids, you know, being or pursuing higher education. Those are all the things that that we want to keep talking about, you yeah. know, and, and acknowledging that in our families, in our stories, in our histories, there's all that trauma that sometimes goes unchecked. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, we don't address it. So how do we expect to change yeah. if we don't if we don't? And then more importantly, getting to sit at that table where the decisions are being made, you know, participating at that level. Right. Letting people know that there's things happening in our communities and how do you tap into that? You know, so and, that's and I, really exciting. And I yeah. think, yeah. And, and, and it's hard because a lot of times when we're at the table, we are the minority literally of the voice, mm-hmm. not just of our color. Right. And I think that's why I encourage anyone listening today. If you could get involved in anything, school PTA, you know, the right. baseball club, the soccer club, the, you know, whatever there is that you could volunteer right now, these a lot of community health centers mm-hmm. get on their board, help them because that's who's deciding who had the vaccine or mm-hmm. who gets prenatal. And and right now, a lot of times we feel our voice is, is you know, oh, it's not going to make a difference. If right. we don't mm-hmm. vote. Yeah. You know, right now. And, and I'll end it with that is is we do make a difference if there's enough of us, you know, bringing up the issue. Right. And just being real, telling your story. Today, we were very candid. You got a, you got an interview out of me I've never given. <laughs> you, you ne- wait, he never answered the first question, though. Did you see that? Yeah. He told us everything else except. You know, I, I, I don't do interviews. <laughs> yeah. You know, I did it. I got humble. a video the yeah. other day, and, and you know, I, 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 I very. He's know, been like that. I've known him for, what, close to 30 years? I don't know. I mean, it's something. That's better, though. That's better, right? Yeah. You know what? It's just I feel like I'm just getting started. Yeah, that's right. And that's and so up. I want to leave with it in honor of my mom, kind of what she told us, and this is her last that we played words before she right when she passed. Cool. Because your health is very important. Your food makes a lot of difference in what you eat. So you have to be careful. Take care of yourself. Um, I think, too, that you should do the things that you've always wanted to do. Don't save it for tomorrow because you never know if tomorrow's coming or not. So if you think you have to go jump in the ocean, do that, you know? (laughs) I mean, that's what life is all about. Don't be scared to take risks. Do it. 
you know, um, try to fulfill all your dreams. Um, take care of your family, take care of yourself, and be happy. That's mainly what I think life is all about. That's right. Don't be scared. Take that risk. That's Fred. where we got it from. Fred, Michael, thank you. I, I, I appreciate you sharing those those words from your mom of, of wisdom because, you know, they speak a lot. And, and right. a lot of people, a lot of us don't say it enough, right? We don't, we, we want to take the risk, but we're not willing to share that knowledge, right? Or that, that wisdom. So thank you for sharing with us that, that recording. We appreciate it. And uh, once again, uh, thank you for allowing us to crash the party here at Anytime, a tech office. Man. Thank you for the cold beverages. Uh, we appreciate it. And uh, well, we love you guys both and thankful for what you do and, and bringing voices to the table, you know, at the end of the day is the world we want to see. We don't know about it if it's not shared. So thank right, you for right. you to using this platform and yeah, we're, we're, and, we're trying and to get me thing. to do an interview. I've I know. Done. Right. It's like, I know it's been a minute, but thank you guys. And uh, with that said, that wraps up uh, volume two of season two of the Dalegas Confidentials uh, with with your neighborhood DJ and Chicle minus El Cheater, aka Kelly Burrito. I don't know where I don't know where Beto he hasn't re- BMX ambassador. I know, right? Padres DJ. DJ. Hey, I heard he's in the bikes. Yo, yeah. oh, big time. Oh, dude. He's gonna lose his mind when he sees some that's of these bikes. We I got. That's what he we missed out today. Oh, missed. I got some bikes. We're gonna have to send him a picture right now. And I ride him, so yeah. we can go out riding. <laughs> With that said, right uh, Fred, where can they find uh, Xteca info on social media? Man, just go to Cervezaxteca com and if you're 21 and over please and and um and log you, on and if not if you just want to get merchandise and coffee shop xteca xteca.com and there you could purchase stuff and you don't have to be over 21 there and we sell coffee and sweet and it's great coffee it's from the motherland it is good you know what i'm not a big and coffee I made drinker some, but it might be cold by now for you guys it's all good yeah. I'm, I'm not a big coffee drinker but you know what i i, I really enjoy it because it's nothing too strong or something it's something i can handle nice. chicle where can they find you instagram chicle 79 and you guys can find me at your neighborhood dj and we can also find uh mr bmx ambassador el cali burrito on instagram yeah or and on the padre feed too probably. on the padre feed right yeah, yeah. they Most, could probably see him there. yeah and and that's for sure we ain't joking around about that one he he is djing for yeah. the padres at every home game out there. So They're catch them the out happy there. hour before the game starts. That's right. Catch them out there. Most importantly, don't forget to follow the Dalega, Dalega's official page, which is underscore Dale underscore Gas underscore. And we are going to be having the vinyl thought on June 26th at the shop right here in Logan yeah. Heights. With that said, gracias. We out. Thank you for allowing us to crash the party. Y pues Dalegas. Dalegas. We got to educate. Souls of humanity will shine. Educate, not incarcerate. Souls of humanity will shine. Educate, not incarcerate. Souls of humanity will shine. Oh!